With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another Real USA podcast. Um, this is probably our first four-way podcast that we've had. Um, so I am joined by Joseph in Miami. Hello, Joseph. I'm here. How you doing, guys? Good. And we have Julian from Norway. What's up? What's up? What's up? And we have Sid from D.C., um, where he's busy, been busy doing dishes this morning. So <laughs> full props to him. Good morning. Good morning. So, um, so I thought what we would do is talk a little bit about the an uptick in results necessarily in form. I'm still not sure about that um, with um, with the team, and that should take us for a bit for a bit, and um, then we'll talk about the transfer market, which is um, starting to get into some swing, or at least rumors are starting to get into some swing. So I think when we were talking. Um, when we looked at the schedule and we're looking at the matches against um, Hitafe, Real Sociedad, um, Atleti, and Sevilla, we probably would have pinched ourselves if we had taken 10 points out of 12. We did. Um, so, and and it was and the and I've even seen some of our Calleja haters sort of coming around to, you know, saying, well, he did some things right, and this was good. It's a big change. It was a big change in results, but was it a big change in form? I mean, um, I'll start with Julian. What do you what do you think? Because you've, you've been one of the more negative on Calleja, so have you revised that a bit? Um, <clears throat> after I was uh, – the Sevilla match was a uh, match where – I think we were uh, we were playing. Uh, we went away from the position based. Usually, we try to um, try to dictate the pace of the game. And this time against Sevilla, we were more like we were more counter attacking, like Marcelino esque uh, way of playing. And <laughs> that was one thing that uh, that was evident that Jaleja maybe uh, changed. Things around and uh, bringing Trigueros on also made uh, more openings, uh, opening, uh, openings for uh, our players to find him. Because usually Cosola, um comes down and then <clears throat> tries to dictate the pace and pass around, while Trigueros just runs behind the players and made openings for the wing players and and uh, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. Um, but I feel like it's uh, kind of maybe a little bit early to jump into uh, any conclusion because um, it's it's going to be uh, the real problem is going to be against the lower teams. That's when we're going to find out if uh, things has really changed or not. Okay. 
Yeah, Joseph, what we you saw you saw the Sociedad game, I know. I mean, what was your feeling about that one? I mean, my feeling, I'm, I'm still going to go off with pretty much Julian's point, which is saying that after watching the Sevilla game, I think that, you know, we def, we had, I mean, we had 27% possession. Um, they took 25 shots on goal. So it, it wasn't even so much of like that we, we defended well or like, I don't think that was part of his game plan to allow us to soak up 25 shots. I mean, they only got eight of them on target, but if you put half of them more on target, then obviously there's more opportunities for them to get goals and we probably don't get that result. So. For me, it was, I think it was like it was a it was a decent game plan, but it was also like any any football game. It's just a, a game of luck. I mean, they took that many shots, and we were just kind of lucky to not get more on our goal to have to stop. But they were dictating every every facet of the game. Now, the Sociedad game, like I thought, was was really interesting after watching it because you know, like th- this is a, one of the most informed teams right now. And like, if you had asked me my prediction on the result, it, it probably wouldn't even have been a draw. I, I would have thought completely we were going to lose the game at least by one goal. Um, but it was really interesting watching it because it, it's that the team was playing extremely, extremely hard. Um, I think that I will give Kaiha credit. Like he is, it's either he's using Anguisa very, very well and knowing what he wants to do with him now. Because at the beginning of the season, I think we all talked about it, me and you, Alan, at least, and we were like, okay, we're waiting to see him, you know, show up in games, do things. But I mean, I, I think he's been he's played absolutely lights out most of the time in the last three or four games. So he had a big presence, and his presence, I think, is changing the game for us as well. So. Um, the Sociedad game, I, I, I still don't know if it's really Calleja. I mean, I, I did like his subs. I think it went really well, obviously. Um, Cazola, Cazola's goal was a matter of like inches almost being offside. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just a good game plan, I think, from us. And like, yeah, they executed it really well. I mean, we soaked up all of their pressure, all of their shots. Cause I mean, um, the only thing that really concerned me, I think, the Sociedad game is they, they went really, really easily from there half to our half like from their yeah. third to our third mm. really really easily mm. i mean just watching that was like mm. a little bit frightening because i think they moved the ball like within 10 seconds from their back line to almost our our final third so that was just a little bit like upsetting for me to see i would have liked to see a little bit more defensive presence but yep mm. i mean you got the win and that that's will like like julian said we will see because we play espanol after this copa del rey game um and that will be big it's at home we have every reason to win that game by multiple goals and that's that's what I expected to be. And if not, then we'll we'll come right back to asking questions again. All right, Sid. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it when you look at any three five game sample comes down to matchups as well. Um, so say that has always been a team we've played well against. Um, we're able to, and again, the the exact style points in the game uh, you can question, but we've always been able to seemingly hit them on the counter. Um, and, and score goals. I'm thinking back to Sansone scoring from midfield against them. Um, so, so we've, we've had some very good results against them and Atleti under Simeone just can't beat us. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter where and when we play them. Um, so looking at it on, on that macro picture, I would think the Hetafe win is probably of, of the, of the four results the most surprising. Um, because we have tended to struggle against teams that sort of are trying to play us in that same hit you on the counter, jam up the midfield style, um, and it's been difficult for us to break through. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to give the maybe maybe the coaching staff, of course, some credit, but I'd like to give sort of the management team some credit though for getting the players 
and it was not a one-season process. But bringing in Ibora, Albiol, uh, having Pau back in the team, Angisa, giving us some more height, some more aerial ability, and some more physicality was a must against those teams. And we have seen over five or ten years how Sevilla seems to just push us off the ball, score from corners, uh, and negate us in every way, take the ball boys away from the side of the field. You know, <laughs> every, every tactic in the book you can find. And the fact that we seem to have, and, and, and that was the one of these that I, I got to watch the most. And honestly, that was the one of these that I felt like we had the most control over. They had tons of corners. They had tons of shots. They just didn't feel like they were going to score. Um, part of that is down to them certainly losing some significant punch year over year up front. Um, but we've dealt with that problem. So, so it's not, uh, it's not, it's not something that's just unique to them. Uh, but I do give credit for, I think, we remolded the team to be able to really get stuck in in that kind of game. Um, and I think when we do return to European football, which is hopefully next season, um, in knockout elimination kinds of games, um, the ability to negate the other team uh, is, is something that's very important. Yeah, I think one of the things for me watching the game, thinking on the games as a whole, was that, yes, and it, I felt like we, the, the things that are, that are, that were different, um, you're absolutely right about our lack of height in the past and our need to address that. And I think that's something that we've, certainly Ebora and Anguisa and Powell have really, have really helped with that. Um, what was interesting to me was watching the Sociedad match. Once we were ahead at two to one, I just never had the feeling that they were going to score. And that's been different this year, or at least recently this year, because in the past, it, uh, it always felt like we had, you know, so we were going to make some critical mistake or just commit some really stupid foul near the box or something, or just, crumble under pressure and you know maybe part of it was Sociedad didn't seem to have a lot of ideas other than cross the ball hopefully into the middle but we didn't have much trouble dealing with anything I mean and I think that was the thing that, that impressed me was that for the first time um, we, we were talking this earlier this season about getting the balance between offense and defense right and it was clear we had a lot of offense but our defense was was lacking and albeit with the caveat that, that Joseph said, which was certainly true in the first half about our midfield being too easy to bypass, I thought, in, I thought that generally we controlled these games fairly well. They weren't, they weren't as exciting and fun to watch because we didn't score as much as in some of the other games, but I didn't have the feeling like as soon as we scored, we were on the back foot either. So. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what. I think. I think definitely the um, it as, as Sid said, Sophia really seemed to be a team that has a need up front. That that um, now, I mean, they just didn't. They just didn't take. Um, they created 
lots of shots, but very few of them were actually. All right. Um, so bypassing this Copa del Rey game, the next three games are we're at home facing Espanol. Next, we play at Alaves, and then we're at home for Osasuna. So what are your three, what are your predictions on at least one or two of those three games? Well, I'll let Sid start on that. Con- con- considering considering our past form, I know a lot of you guys are, you know, not in agreement completely on if the team has a turnaround or if we're showing a lot more promise now. A lot of you could be skeptical, but like I just like to know. Like I said, I think obviously against Espanol, we all expect to win. But then, what do we expect against Alaves? I mean, they're fifteenth, but they're not necessarily a bad team. And also, Suna always plays very hard. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, who, wants to, who wants to take that first? I don't mind. Sure, I, I can. can. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Joy. Okay. Against Osasuna, uh, Olives, and who else? Espanol. Es- Espanol. Okay. Espanol at home. Okay, so Espanol, they got, um, the guy, the coach that I really wanted, um, mm-hmm. Abelardo. So, and he is, uh, they did a, um, a really good, uh, they played really good against Barcelona. Uh, they drew at home. And <clears throat> I feel like, um, at home, we usually beat Espanol. Um, we we seem to uh, have the advantage over them, but I feel this Espanol team now with uh, Abelardo is going to be more defensively um, balanced uh, than what they were previously. Um, <clears throat> so maybe a three point there at home, and then away to all of us. You said, "Yep, um, yeah." Um, I'll say. Seven points. We should be able to beat uh, Espanol also soon now, and then maybe get a draw against all of us, even though they're struggling. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm, yeah, optimistical, optimistic answer. But who knows? They might uh, struggle again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Sid, what are you? Are you uh, wanting to comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the real test because for me, I, I have a belief that the team competes and <clears throat> plays well against good teams. I think it's the matches we look at and we say they should win um, that we have struggled. And when you were talking, uh, Alan, about sort of, you know, games we've been ahead or been behind and didn't feel like Sociedad or Sevilla were going to score – I think playing at Osasuna, we always felt like they were going to score uh, yeah. that game. Even though we were ahead, it was just a matter of time um, before we were going to lose that game. Um, so I do think this is the real test. I, I would like to think, as Julian, that we'll take at least seven, if not nine. Um, but I will say that it's been a number of years now since we've been able to put a consistent stretch of six, seven, eight matches of, of, you know, really, you know, taking, say, 19 or, or 21 points out of 24. Um, so I have not seen the consistency to be able to string that out. So, you know, if I, if I were betting, I'd probably say, well, we're not, we're not going to take seven. Uh, it may be six. It may even be only four. Um, because, because games like, like at Alaves seem to have always caused this, um, issues um and those are three teams that all desperately need the points 
Um, right. So we need the points to make Europe, but we don't need the points to fight the drop. Um, and so the intensity we're going to see, we know we're going to see it from Osasuna. Um, but I think all three of the teams will come hard. So I'd, I'd love to be proven wrong. And if we are able to put up seven or nine points, uh, then I think we have real possibilities. And to be honest, the top four is still not completely out of the question. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not no. at all. I think, um, uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of where you guys are. I feel like, you know, my head says we're going to end up getting around five points of the nine just because I've been, I've seen these things happen before where, as you say, we play really well against the, against the good teams and we have a letdown against some of the others. Now that might be, um, you know, I, that said, I do think that we have a team that's better equipped to, to play some of these teams, especially at home, um, than we have had in some years. But yeah, I, I think the Espanol will be, will be difficult because they are, um, have a new coach. They also have a new striker, Raul de Tomas, signed from Benfica for 20 million or something. And, um, I'm, I'm not convinced that he's, I, I sort of feel like he's, um, he's also somebody who might have something to prove because he had a really good year at Rio, but, um, I'm not sure that he's, he's proven that he's anything other than a, you know, kind of a Madrid, um, guy who's maybe gotten to his level. And so he's going to be, I think have something to prove with Espanol. I think Abelardo's a good coach. So I think that's going to be a tough game. Um, that said, we have a better team. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking we take, I'm kind of thinking we go draw, draw, win, but that's, you know, that's my, yeah, if I'm if I'm being optimistic, I'd definitely say seven. Um, yeah. I don't think we'll I don't think we'll get the nine. I don't think yeah. we'll get the nine. Obviously, even though we're we're fully capable of doing it, um, you'd say we're definitely favored in pretty much all of them, at least two of them. Um, but you know, I just like I said, I, I I'm an optimistic I'm an optimistic person, but to a point. So I, right. I would say seven seven for me is uh pretty much the top tier of what I think we can get. I, I like Robin said. I, I really hope um, we can get the nine, but I think we'll take the win against Espanol. It'll be hard though. I think it'll be harder than anybody thinks. Um, especially like you said, new coach. They just came off the break. I mean, they just had their first game, but like still, they're implementing probably new tactic, tactics that they did over the winter break. So, um, yeah. if they get that together, they could be a much stronger team against us. But I still think we'll win. And then for me, it'll come down to the next one against Alaves at Alaves because I think that if we take the win at Espanol, it really just depend on the team's mentality and mindset at that point to really go after it. Because like you said, Alaves is just going to be fighting it, fighting it very hard. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, Osasuna have been a real surprise this season so far and, and, uh, and, but they've, but they've mostly been a surprise at home. I mean, I think away they're, um, they are not as strong and I, you know, so I think we should take three points from there. Um, one thing that will also be a big factor, um, which, starts to come into play in the second half of the season is 
suspensions and, and I mean, injuries can happen anytime, but, you know, some of these teams have got, um, Alaves particularly, man, they get a lot of yellow cards. Yeah. <laughs> of, course, got, of course, they got Wacaso, who is <laughs> kind of a <laughs> factory, <laughs> you know, but depending on how, you know, some, some of these matches, um, with like that, you know, it really can make a difference if you've got a particular player suspended. And so that, you know, that's um, one thing where I think we have a bit of an advantage in going into the second half is that we don't have that many players who are close to a yellow card suspension. And we don't, we don't, we, we, see, we seem to get called for a lot of fouls, but not many yellow cards. Mm. So other than, other than I'll be. Other than Albiol. Other than Albiol, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Albiol is definitely our, our leader in that category. Um, <laughs> and if, you, if you compare where he is just to, uh, to some, some of the other, um, players, that's, that's not, um, it's not, it's not so significant. Um, and hopefully that will continue. So, okay, so quick question, just, so the first half is concluded. We've had, we've played each team once. We've had 19 matches, 28 points. Um, so now let's run forward to the end of the season and how many points do we end up with at the end of the season? Oh, give uh, me, give me a second. I'm gonna take a look at the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I, I, this also runs into the fact that I remember at the start of the season we were kind of thinking I think that the way the schedule worked um, might be we we had more of the tougher teams at home what this the second half or something I can't I can't remember yeah that. yeah I remember it was uh, we're gonna meet at least the top five teams like we're gonna meet week in week out the top five teams uh, in the last five matches but that's right the yeah. season is really front loaded that's really yes yeah yeah so, so we have to uh, we have to get a lot of points uh, right now in January February and then we usually do against the good against top teams, but it's better to be safe than sorry and try to get as much as possible now and then. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. definitely, you know, if we're doing well, um, going into the last five matches, the, you're, you're looking at definitely those being matches between teams, both hoping to qualify for Europe, maybe even qualify fourth so um yeah yeah so so okay so so that's somebody want to give me a number i i would probably i mean okay so obviously last season we're, we're putting aside last season because that was yeah. much fighting fighting for survival and we were on I think, 40 44 points yeah we had 44 points and that barely saved us by about seven but it you know obviously came close to the end of the season the year before when we qualified for the europa league we had 61 and the Champions League spots, the the closest one to us, Valencia, had 73. So we were out by about 12, you know, 12 oh. points there for the Champions League between that and Europa. But the the two Europa League spots were 60 and 61. So, you know, I think the thing I would say is I don't really know who this team is yet completely, and that's that's kind of my issue and my problem. I think like what we've been talking about is that if we can build from the first half of the season and beat beat these lower teams that we should beat, like everyone thinks. I mean. 
I could definitely see us ending up again on 66, 67. Because even the year before when we qualified for Europe, it was, uh, it was 67 points. So that, that's the magic number around there. And I'd like to say we're going to hit at least 63. So I'm going to say we're going to get pretty close to, um, to the Europa League spots. We're definitely going to sniff them, but I'm not going to say we're going to hit the 70 mark just because you need to win those games against the lower tier teams. And we, we haven't shown yet that we can do it. And I'm not going to say that we're suddenly going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. The difference, that would be my guess. The, the 60, the 60 region mark for sure. Okay. So six, six, 60 should get you in the top six or. Yeah, like, ex- this is, yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, okay, so so 60. Sid, what do you think? Yeah, I was I was thinking 60. I think 67, yeah. 68 is is two points a game the rest of the year. We haven't shown to be consistent for more than three or four matches in a stretch. So being mm-hmm. consistent over half a season strikes me as unlikely. Um, but I mean, again, if you sort of do the math. Uh, and, and I had taken a look. I don't have it right in front of me, but our math of the teams against us mm-hmm. were something like, you know, point and, point and a half or a little bit higher. Our math against the bottom six is, is dreadful. So either we're going to figure this out or not. Um, yeah. and it's not going to yeah. be easier against them mm-hmm. because they're even more desperate than the second mm-hmm. half of the season. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so I, I need to, I think that's why the next couple of matches, to me, people are going to say, okay, you're playing three teams in, you know, the bottom, bottom third of the table. Yeah. I think in some ways that's more meaningful to where we end up than, uh, than the past three or four matches. That's a good, because, because we always see that, you know, typically, well, I shouldn't say always, but almost always, if you look at the bottom three at this time of the year, you know, they always end up getting, I mean, like Espanol are on what, 14 points or something? So if you doubled that, they'd be 28. Well, they're, they're going to get more than 14 in the second half. That's just what happens. The, the teams at the bottom, whether they strengthen themselves during the winter break, whether they change coaches, wh- whatever they do, the second half, those bottom teams tend, tend to play better. And in fact, it's sometimes the clubs like Leganes and Alaves this year, the ones who are above the drop zone, but not by a lot, who end up getting dragged down and getting relegated. So, well, I think I think Celta's in a lot of trouble. I, I think, think Celta oh, yeah. yeah. are underselling Celta's. that. You can't you can't pull the miracle every year. Um, mm. So, yeah. but yeah, I think Espanol's problem, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're on 12 now. Oh, 12, I mean, yeah. Even if they have a very, <laughs> they could get 25 points and still, and still go down. Go yeah. down. So yeah. they've just started so far behind. But there's going to be one of those teams somewhere. You never know. It might even be Mallorca, which just, you know, will have a 25 point second half. Yeah. Uh, it always yep. happens that a couple of those teams end up much Pull closer away. to the European spots than they do to the relegation zone um, because they, they start to hit a consistent run of form. Right. So, um, okay, so so we've got 60 and 60. And, Julian, did you want to pick? Yeah. I'm going to <laughs> probably going to run around the same place. But <laughs> um, I think I'll, I'll land around 50, 54, 55. Um, right. I think uh, we uh-huh. we I don't think the consistent part is where I think we are um, 
that's what that's what's gonna cost us, I think, um, against these uh, teams below us. And I, f- I feel remember the last uh, time we did good in the winter break. We had a good, I think, three win streak, and then the winter break we were talking about uh, us going to Europe, and and then we had dreadful uh, results after that. And I feel like we that that um, that's gonna happen. Um, either in these three matches, upcoming three matches, or maybe against three other uh, bottom teams, teams um, in the next, yeah. next few months. So Agreed. I think the the next three matches are going to be extremely important to yeah. see the consistency wise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm going to say, you know, I'm my I looked at the I did what Joseph did. I mean, I looked at the schedule and tried to estimate points and all that stuff that I usually. End doing and in the end i basically came down to you know we've basically averaged a point and a half a match under calleja so let's figure 57 58 points at the end of the year mm. uh, i think it'd be interesting to have the same conversation again after these next three matches sure. <laughs> yeah if, we, if it turns up that turns out that we do t- do very well then mm. um i think we're everybody's going to feel more optimistic if, if on the other hand we come out of winter break and really struggle then people are obviously getting getting to 60 is going to be tough yeah. let's quick break here and then when it, when we come back let's talk about the transfer window and all the and rumors and all this stuff <clears throat> so hang on and we'll be back in just a moment it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, so we are now in the dreaded January transfer window. Singer Reich uh, did his customary December um, toast and said, as he customarily does, we hope that we don't have any changes in the team. And as has been customary the last few years, as soon as the transfer window opens, there are all sorts of rumors and teams coming in for our players. So, <laughs> um, you know, one, I, I think to set the stage for everybody, I mean, one, one thing about coming to play for Villarreal is that, you know, historically we are a team that tend to work with you um, when we get a good offer for your services rather than, you know, try to um, keep you you know, let you go on to a bigger club or whatnot. But obviously we have some players who don't want to lose. <clears throat> so what's, um, what's everybody's feeling about Toko Ekambi? Because that's the first real rumor we have that actually had had an offer associated with it, albeit a one that we quickly rejected because it was way too late. Um, so what do people think about Toko and, and – um, what what would we need? Well, um, I guess I guess I'll start. I guess I'll start with this one. Um, then we could throw it around to everybody. Just my personal thoughts. Um, I think 
in your article or before when we've talked about it, we've always pretty much described Toko Akambi as if he could just get his finishing right, he could be world class. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, he does, he does a lot. Um, and he's, you know, he always gets those chances on goals. He just doesn't convert as many as a world class striker would. Um, you know, with that and being if, said, and if, he, he, if he had done that, we would never have had a chance at him. I think that's part of that. <laughs> yeah. Part of the yeah. That, that, is, that is accurate. I forgot, I forgot to mention that part. Like, yeah. You, you, you buy him hoping he's going to change that, but it just right. doesn't. And that's the whole reason you get him. That is true. Yeah. Um, you know, so with, with that being said, I mean, he, he's proven to us that he hasn't, he still hasn't done that yet. So, I mean, I, I did read your article out and I do understand he's, he's completely com- a huge, a very big piece of the team. I get it. But I think if you're choosing, um, you know, also there's been rumors obviously about Chukwezi for, for some time now. Um, you know, and everybody knows that the day will come when he will go, whether it's maybe this window or in the summer, who knows when. But I think that, um, me personally, like I wouldn't like to see a combi go, but it's one of those people where if you got the right offer, um, I, I would, I would just take it because, you know, you bought him and he has converted a lot of goals. He's still obviously important for us, but I think the emergence of Moreno this season, Gerard Moreno, um, you know, at least in the early part of the season, because I know he hasn't really kept up of late, but at the beginning he was literally in the Pachichi, you know, for the top score. Um, but, you know, the emergence of him, him seeing what he does, I think that it makes a combi a little bit expendable for me. Hmm. So I'll defer to you guys. I'll defer to you guys now. Okay. Who wants, who wants to weigh in on that? I have a yeah. few thoughts, but I'll, I'll, um... yeah, I guess I could go, um, like, <clears throat> 12 million for him is ridiculous. That's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's was, just, that was yeah, that's just embarrassment. He, um, like, he's, I feel like he's, he's another player who's not consistent enough. He, exactly, plays one good match, scores hat trick, and then the next few matches he doesn't know how to shoot. And <laughs> he, 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 he always, I don't know, I've, he's not a, like a striker striker, like a Bakumbi striker. He's more like a, Winger striker. He likes to drift. Uh, he likes to stay on the outside and then drift inside. And that's uh, you're not gonna score a lot of goals if you play that way. You have to play in the middle and try to like a Boca type of striker, like stay in the middle, try to find room in the middle. That's where you find uh, your goals. Uh, and he's too valuable to be sold. Uh, 12 million or 20 million, uh, he should go at least for 30 plus. That's, that's the minimum for Bekambi. Uh, because if he goes, <coughs> who, who do we have left? We have Baka who hasn't played, who doesn't play a lot. And we have Moreno who hasn't scored goal in eight matches. So at least with sure. Bekambi as uh, a backup, it's going to push Moreno to perform. And it will like at least make competition between them and I feel like Ekambi and Kalecha might have some I don't think they are on the best terms uh, I, I, do you guys remember one time he got subbed uh, I think it was uh, last season or something and then he got very angry and mm-hmm. and Kalecha usually prefers Moreno like 9 out of 10 times and that's maybe he should start trying to um uh, use Ekambi more. Um, just trying to give him more confidence. That's what I think he likes uh, sometimes. He needs a coach who fully trusts him and not uh, only for one game or two games and then back to bench. That's, that's, yeah. that's 
Yeah. Tr- trust him like he does Moreno, even though he hasn't yeah. scored in eight games. Exactly. Give him a chance at least. Like, don't bring him in the 70 minutes and expect him to score a goal. Like, it's just, yeah. Well, well I like him. That's I like I like him. He's just needs to be more consistent and give well, him more chance. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I feel like he. Um, the point about him playing on the outside is very is very true. But he's he's really a he's really more of a. If you think about it, he's probably more a player who's suited to our to a counterattacking style. Mm. Uh, reminds me, albeit starting from a more forward position, he, he kind of reminds me of somebody like Cherishev on the on the Marcelino teams. Um, to me, his value is is um, yes, it's frustrating that he converts some goals and not others, and there are times when you shake your head, but to me the value that he brings is that he can stretch the defense and he can set up he, he um, there was an um, article on our site this morning um, that had some of the expected goals and statistics stuff and Ikambi ranks really high in terms of um, chances created, not necessarily chances for himself, but chances created, and I feel like if we lose him um, I think we lose something that's that's really important. So I tend to be like Julian. I, I you know, unless we got thirty million, I'm not going to really be happy about. It. Now, yeah, yeah, coming that's coming from the outside. That's um, and I don't know. You know, one thing when you're not playing in Europe and you're only playing a game a week is that <clears throat> you're going to have players who don't see it playing time as they want and whether or not he's really upset and wants out or whether or not it's just test the waters to see what's out there I don't know um, I did think that the whole Leon thing was kind of um, unforgivably crass almost I mean it's like if you know you've got a you know you've got a player on a team where the team is it's um, it's way below where his market value is. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, you know, the twelve or fourteen million, whatever they offered, just was. Are you kidding me? I mean, it was almost as good as Milan showing up to buy Masaccio and then not having any money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, 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 I think though with with Ikambi, I think there are two things though. One is if you're going to get that thirty million, you may yep. get it in some ways more in the winter because yeah, yeah. We somebody with- like Lyon, they have a Champions League match to play, and they have a non-cup tied player, right? So that has a lure, whereas somebody else they might be looking at is. Le- likely on a team that's already in Europe. Um, so he has that value. And obviously, if he does something to advance them around in the Champions League, he will have paid back half his fee. Exactly. Um, and then, you know, to me also, I, I see him as being a good Premier League player um, because it, my issue with him is where do you play him? I don't think we've figured that question out since we signed him. He's he's just not an out-and-out striker because he doesn't convert. You know, 
again, for all the, the knocks that Baca will take, if you put him in front of the goal with a chance, he's going to hit the target and he's often going to score. He just doesn't get himself in that position as much yes. as we'd like to see. Whose <laughs> okay. um, dog is barking here? <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I didn't, I didn't know you guys could hear that. I was yeah. upstairs. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, I was going to say the dog was barking in acknowledgement of this. So. Uh, oh, yes. Very. <laughs> yeah. he, he's in, he's, my dogs are in complete agreement. Yeah. 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 Right. So, so, so I think the chance of getting the big payday and then I don't, I don't know where you play. And I mean, I think that's part of the reason that Gerard keeps playing mm. is we can't quite figure out if Gerard's not in the lineup, who are those other players? Yeah. Is Duqueze the second striker? Is Santi the second striker? Um, cause the conventional sort of 4-4-2 with a combi up front, uh, doesn't, you know, he seems to be more of a wing player, but he's not He's not, he's not an explosive wing player either. Um, no. and, you know, yeah. I think he, he works hard and he tries to track back, but he's also not a box to box midfielder. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it's a, it's a difficult fit for him, um, in this. Whereas to me in the Premier League, I could see him with te- the play tending to be more narrow, um, that he might, you know, they might tell him sort of you stick more to the middle of the field, but you can get out wide without wide being the touchline mm-hmm. and you'd still be able to create things. So he, to me, yeah. he's a perfect Newcastle West Ham target. Um, okay. So, so, you, uh, and, and there was a rumor that said that they were interested in him, though of course neither one of those teams was playing in Europe. So correct. But it's just, it's just, they'll triple his salary. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, no. yeah, there is that. So, okay, so Leon, I mean, I'm I'm really bemused about, you know, I would have thought that if Leon seriously would have come in with something at least as much as what we for him, and probably, you know, if they had come in and offered us twenty million, say, I think we would have said, well, that's not going to work, but let's talk. Um, offering what they did is that, do you think that's done and, or are we going to see more? I mean, I could see him being appetizing because I think of all of our attacking players, you know, Gerard, Gerard's fee is huge. Santi doesn't have particular motivation to leave. I don't think Ontiveros has shown enough so far this year. Um, So your options are limited if you're looking at us. And again, Baca is not coming in and starting on a Champions League team. Um, He'd be your third or fourth striker as well. Um, So so he's the option. And then defensively, you know, I think really, does someone want to throw the 40 million at Pal right now? Or are they going to say, hey, this is your first half season in a top league, play another 12 or 18 months and we'll come back to you. Cause I think that's, that's the next mega offer that DRL are going to receive is going to be for him. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Him and summer. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I, and, and I'm going to say I'm, I'm a bit mixed on summer in the sense that I don't know that somebody is going to see the consistency enough to pay that kind of money. Yeah, and so, that's definitely, definitely as well. I agree with that. 
I, so um, I wonder if I we're not going to be yeah, dealing with this sort of thing for three or four years, and then all of a sudden, oh, he's actually not under contract, uh, <laughs> and somebody tries to buy him at a, at a much cheaper rate. Um, yeah. I don't know about that though. I think he's, I think my feeling is he's somebody who you're going to lose at some point, but I don't feel that, I feel like there are teams like Liverpool and Arsenal, I suppose, are the two that have been mentioned the most that, you know, they're tracking him. He's, he's not high on their priority list. At some point, if he start, you know, if he starts scoring a bunch of goals, um, or, you know, his, his form really improves, then he'll go up the list. But I don't think it's in the winter market, particularly teams are mostly buying because they have a need. And, and I think Sid put it very well with Leon and, and Ikambi that, that you're buying somebody in the winter market because you've had injuries and you need to replace somebody quickly. And you, um, I mean, we did that when we lost, uh, or you lose somebody. When we lost Bakambu, we turned around and bought Roger Martinez, which apparently we're going to get all our money back from. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that never ceases to amaze me. But, um, you know, I don't think in the winter market is when you essentially get somebody for the future. And I think that's why I, I think, we, I, I hope, but I, and I think we're not going to hear that much about Powell and and Samu in the winter because they're, yeah, they need time to, to prove themselves. Yeah. For sure. Like a, going off one of your points, it's basically like his consistency. And that's where like, I'm kind of in the middle about it because it's kind of like he hasn't shown himself enough to be consistent. I mean, very regularly, uh, we'll throw him in like in the 70, 75th minute to make a difference. And you can see the explosiveness and the quickness and, the talent that's there, and that's why there could be a manager out there in Europe that says, okay, I don't care that he's not being consistent. I see the potential to fit him in in my puzzle for my team and make him work as a regular starter or something along those lines or bring him in much earlier. But, like, if I'm if I'm another coach around the around the world, I'll say, like, okay, well, you know, he hasn't made consistent, consistent minutes, and even when he's on, he doesn't always make the difference. He can very easily be neutralized by another left or right back that's just as quick and powerful as he is. So um, it's definitely... Definitely a risk. So yeah. uh, that, I think you make a, can I, mean, I add something when it comes to Samu? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> with Samu, um, I feel like he's playing more from hi- for himself uh, lately. Like I feel like he's playing to just just to get um, to leave. Like he wants to play good, but he only tries to he's very he's been very selfish like lately like before he used to always like look for all the players and assist and now he's just he looks down and he doesn't look up at all when he's outside the 16 meters and maybe <clears throat> maybe all these rumors about him uh being linked to clubs is uh it's like making him more entitled and making him more um he has to like try to he's trying to improve that he's good enough uh, to start and he hasn't um, got a lot of chances from Kaleja uh, except these two last or two or three last matches so mm-hmm. I feel like he's trying too hard to um, play good instead of making it more like naturally playing more like uh, with the flow instead he's forcing it too much I feel like but yeah who knows yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't disagree and, I, and he's so young right yeah <laughs> 
the yeah. the press I mean, clippings and and world are ahead of him. But I think like you're you're saying, Julia, I don't I don't think he's gone and played like man, I've really earned being a, a starter. I just I, I don't think I've seen that all season from him that he's forced mm. his way into being you know, he has to be in the eleven. Mm. And there are other players who have done that. Angisa is a perfect example. Yeah. Um, right. It is by by force of performance. Um and, and again I think the inconsistency is to be expected somewhat at his age. Um mm. but yeah, I mean the rumors for him I think are are more than we've had for any player. Um mm. right. partic- particularly anyone of his age. Uh, yeah, so, especially so it's, when you're that young. Mm. And, well, and you know, he's far, far away from home. Yeah, he's far, I was gonna say he's far away from home and I don't think you can also discount the fact that he, he's far away from home and people at home, I mean every time, you know, every Viriel match is, re- yeah. is reported in Nigeria as <clears throat> Chuck Wazy did this. Chuck Wazy did that. Chuck, you know, you know, Viriel win in in you know with Chuck Wazy on the bench. Is he leaving? You know, Viriel win with Chuck Wazy starting and getting a goal. Is he leaving? You know, I mean, it's it's the Nigerian press. You know, the the press clippings are every game. There's there's hordes of them. I mean, I see them on the aggregator that that I subscribe to, and it's just ridiculous. You know? Yeah, yeah. And on yeah. also on his Insta profile, it's always like uh, come to Arsenal. It's like they are the fans, especially the Nigerian fans. They are like, yeah, he probably sees it. So it's yeah, and and wor- and working for them, I can tell you firsthand. Like they notice it inside the club, and they definitely use that and market it as best as they can because they know his popularity in the African community. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's it's a double-edged sword. You have to market it, but 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 I think, you know, at his age and with the I I think we I agree with everybody that he's the last few matches um in particular, I haven't seen I was really impressed at the beginning of the year that he was fake players on himself. And now I feel like he's regressed a little bit. And, you know, hopefully that'll um, improve. But it's tough. I mean, you know, we, you know, he's a, he's a guy far away from home. He's a young kid. And yeah, it obviously has to get to you. Um, so yeah. So if, if, um, so Toko Akambi, I, I, I agree with, um, with Sid that I think if you're looking at a, at an attacker, definitely the one that we have. For although you know I I keep hearing rumors that Carlos Baca may want out or may go out, but I don't you know I don't think that at all. Well, I personally, yeah. I mean, I just if, if I'm like if I'm in his situation, I mean, he's getting paid. He's on a good contract. And he's obviously getting up there in years if he has to take on the challenge at that age. For sure, but like you said, like at best, what challenge is he trying to go towards? To be a, a third or fourth option for a team competing in in Europa League or Champions League? I, I I don't know. I don't know that he wants that. I mean, I'm sure he's very comfortable in Spain. I mean, his entire family is there. They're living well. He's getting paid well. I mean, it really would just depend on if he wants to take on the challenge or not at that age to move to a club with more aspirations. But I personally, I don't see it. I think like he's getting everything he wants at the moment. You know getting paid while well, he got that new contract at age 32 or something like that. And it's like, okay, that's 
not usual to give somebody like that that amount of a contract. But, you know, he's living well. His family's happy. I mean, I wouldn't see why he would want to leave at all. The only, just, just well, me. The only reason why I could see, <laughs> why I could see would be, for example, we were talking about Sevilla needing strikers. What if Sevilla came in, a place where he's played before and likes, and offered us a deal? I mean, I have to think that we would be fairly willing to listen, assuming we weren't also losing Toko Akambi, um, just because the if if he completes this contract, he's going to leave on a free and go back to Colombia and retire, right? I mean, oh, a hundred percent. I would so think so. We don't have, you know, if we're if we're looking at it from from a financial point of view. Um, it might be our only opportunity to book something, um, you know, as as a sale for him. I don't know how strongly I feel about that, but I but I see that mm. would be the one thing that that would be the one yeah. thing I feel that could happen. I could see you're right. All right, so I'll mend my comment a little bit. I'll mend it. I could see it happening with Sevilla, but probably one of the only like there's only maybe a couple options out there, and Sevilla would be one of them. But I couldn't see him leaving Spain per se. I mean, if it, if he's going to make a move, it would probably be to a team he already has history with and where he's comfortable being. And I could really only see that being Sevilla. I, you know, I, I might've said Milan before, but with them signing Zlatan, I, I would think not. Yeah. And, and Milan or Milan. I mean, they're not yeah. all in the league this year. So I don't, I don't feel like, yeah, that's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Sid. I, I couldn't see us selling to Sevilla. Um, I don't don't recall the last time we've sold a player to Sevilla. Uh, if we did not make Europe, it might be directly because of giving them one of our players. I just don't don't see the likelihood of that. Um, I do think though, if there were a place that he might go, it might be somewhere like Turkey, where he'd be trying to just hey, two years, gonna try and make a lot of money. A soldado is there. Um, mm. If one of the top three or four teams in Turkey called, I imagine that would be the one sort of thing. Like, hey, you know, yeah. I'm not playing here, and I can get paid a lot of money plus a little bit more um, to to go there for a couple of years. Otherwise, I, I just don't, don't see it unless we're willing to eat salary, in which case, why wouldn't we just eat the salary? And yeah. Yeah, Turkey's not a bad bad thought though because we have sold a number of players there, um, mm-hmm. and a number of strikers there um, over over time. Um, although in Soldado's case, I guess it was more him forcing the move than us wanting it to happen. But yeah, I mean, I think I think the um, I think the the problem is, of course, is from from Baca's point of view is. You know, it's not like he's been able to play a lot and show him, show his skills this year. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it, it seems like we're paying him a lot to sit on the bench, but if, as tends to happen over the course of the season, we have injuries, yellow cards, suspensions, whatnot, having him, um, available is, is not a bad thing. Um, he does give us something different than, than, um, what, what um, any other thoughts on on players who might be in the shop window or or not? 
Well, hmm. I think the one question is who's 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 the surprise name? Maybe there's always one. So I'm just curious who are the of the we mentioned sort of the obvious folks. Who's the one who we think who's not on the radar who might have something pop up? Hmm. hmm. What about you know, what about Asenho? Mm, no, I don't feel like that. Asenho is a uh, no, I never like. I don't think I've seen Asenjo being linked with another club before. No. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw him being linked. If it's gonna be someone, it's uh, it's hard because uh, most know. of them yeah, are yeah. late. I, I, like I said, like, yeah, yeah. I would say like if you're saying a surprise one, one that I don't even think, um, just completely blow me out of the water type of thing. I mean, maybe. But even then, I mean, I, I would have maybe said Moy Gomez just as some type of attacking option for another team. But he just, like, he just came here. So, like, I wouldn't even see that. But that maybe would have been. Because he's still young. And, like, I, that's what I would have said. But even then, I would have, like, a 2% type of thing. Yeah, my... I don't, I don't know, Julian. Do you, do you have an idea? I, I have one, but it's more of a summer move than a winter one, so I'm not... Winter one, okay. Um, like, the most obvious ones are, like, Funes Mori and um, Baca. Like, but they're going to leave probably, like, uh, by next year, like, summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hmm, I don't know. Who do you, who do you think uh, is going to leave? Uh, or... Oh, boy. Um... I don't know. Sid, you asked the question. Did you have a thought? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah come on. Please answer. in the right direction here, I man. Always, <laughs> always, always have thoughts. Uh, well, I, I would have said it until three or four weeks ago, Manu would have been a thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think he, but, but part of his problem would have been the reason he's no longer a thought is the reason he wouldn't have been a highly appetizing player in the window because he wasn't playing at all. Um, mm. But, I mean, if I had to give one, and again, I don't know how likely it is, but it's possible. Remember that Raul Albiol has played for Real Madrid, Valencia, and Napoli. So Villarreal is somewhat of a step down. He's now back in the national team. He's, you know, maybe this was his one last best contract, but you'd have to think somebody can pay him twice as much. Is there a thought that a, just saying... Atletico Madrid says, hey, as a third defender, he, he's not a bad guy to have, um, and says, we'll double your salary, come play out your last two years here instead of at the Real, and maybe win a trophy. Mm. But do you think he would accept uh, being benched or not being used at, at all? Yeah. Yep. So that, that's a question, given that I suppose there's a possibility if he's in the squad, he could make the Euros. Mm. Yeah, yeah that, that would definitely be, like, up to up to the player personally. Because, like, like you said, you have to weigh it up. Like, okay, like, am I going to play even at all? Like, he's obviously, you know, here and there. Like, the differences in playing time would be much more major. But I don't know. I don't know. Like, the reason why he's playing, yeah. the reason why he got the chance for the national team is because he's playing for... Every week for Villarreal, and if he goes to Atletico, that chance might go away because he right. might not play that much. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can see, I can see what 
I can see Sid's. I mean, I, I understand his logic. It makes a certain sort of sense. I'm not mm. thrilled to admit that, but to me, it makes. It's like Trigueros. I mean, um, I think it makes more sense in the summer. I don't see that. You know, you got a guy who's. You, you, you got a guy who's come back to Spain and is playing every week and is now part of a national team. And, you know, he's a, he, he is a very professional player, as we were talking about. You know, he's kind of the guy that when, when we score, he's not running up and down the pitch 50 yards to celebrate with everybody. When we give up a goal, I mean, I was watching when we, when we scored against Real, when Sociedad scored against us, I was looking at his reaction, you know, and it was like everybody else is really upset. And he basically did the Spanish equivalent of the old English spitting on your hands and, you know, saying, okay, yep, go on our work. Go on with our work. I mean, he doesn't yeah. feel like he's the kind of player who would be interested in leaving midseason. I, I feel like, as yeah, I feel like as well, um, just considering his history and everything like that, I mean, I think, like, he, he definitely values the club more than a lot of other players definitely do. Um, and... I just couldn't see him making a move like that. It's kind of thing, like you said, if it ain't, there's an old American proverb and it's called, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, so it's like, he was able to make it back into the national team squad being here. I mean, he's still getting that playing time. I, I just, why change it if it's going well for you? I couldn't, mm. I couldn't see it. Exactly. I have uh, one more question. I have a question for you guys. This one is a bit tricky. I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, so we have been playing good at the last three matches with Trigueros on the field. Um, Ooh. What do you guys <clears throat> think about it? Do you guys think we should keep this way and use Trigueros, or is Casola the more um, the more more uh, fitted guy to start? Because because of obvious reasons, he's a legend. But um, because we have slightly played a different way uh, in the last three matches with Trigueros on the field. We, do you guys prefer going back to the position base with Casorla or uh, Trigueros? Mm. Well, this I is, think this is I, the million uh, dollar this is the million dollar Toko Ekambi question. Mm. Yeah, I I think for me it really one of the things about the last three matches with <laughs> with Trigueros is that as we were saying with most of these with all of them. We were playing against teams that were trying to, trying to, um, that were really attacking teams that were really set them, set themselves up to come out and, and attack us. Um, I mean, the only home match of the three was Hitafe, but Hitafe are that way too. I mean, they are, they are not a passive team. I think where, I think <clears throat> we play the, these next three matches, we're going to see more use for Santi, I think, because where he's, where he is, of course, great is in, um, being able to play within the spaces more and, and have the game pick out the pass from midfield the game in front of him. Trigueros, as, as Julian noted, is somebody who, a different sort of thing because in a, in more of a counterattacking or, or, you know, breaking up the play in midfield, He's the guy that runs forward and suddenly the defense has got to retreat <laughs> quickly mm. from running forward. I don't expect that Espanol is, and Alaves 
and um, Osasuna are going to give us quite that opportunity. I mean, Sociedad had you know eight nine guys in our in our um, in the in the attacking third a lot of the time, or at least at least attacking half. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think maybe it depends to some degree on what sort of what sort of team you're playing and what sort of game you think you're going to get. I do think that having Santi be last year, I was I was really afraid, you know, because he was starting and playing 90 minutes almost every game. I do think it's good to have a, a healthy Trigueros as an option so we can rest him. Mm. But if you have to choose, who would you choose for Espanyol? If I had to choose for Espanyol, I would choose Santi. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that one. And and this is what I was. This is what I was asking though. Is the question really Santi and Manu, or is it mm. is it about if you take Ikambi out, then Santi can play as the the false nine or what have you up front, mm. and uh, then Trigueros can play as well. Play as mm. well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point too. Um. Well, I kind of. I kind of like having I kind of like having um, Toko Ikambi in the lineup, but I do agree with you that if if you're playing a team that's basically setting themselves up defensively um, and hoping to you know get a goal from a counter attack or a or a set piece, which is kind of how I think Espanol will play us. I'm not sure that Toko Ikambi is your best choice either because he likes to have space to run into. I'm not sure he's going to have that much. On the other hand, he is a good crosser of the ball from wide. Um, so having him be in the lineup gives us some, some strength there. I guess I tend, I would tend to play Santi and Toko. I, I guess my, the way I look at the game, I feel like it's going to be more where we need to put precision passes in. Rather than um, running at people, but it's a it's a tough choice. It's. it's <clears throat> but wait, so are you guys saying that uh, Gomez or Moy will be benched? Like, uh, what are you going to do with Moy then? If you if you want to use uh, both Casorla and Ekambi and Trigueros, like you have to bench. Either well, Moy Gomez or one of uh, either Casorla or Trigueros or a company. You can't like have everyone there. <clears throat> I, my my strategy would be I would I would have Trigueros on the bench. I would have the other three on the pitch. I would probably <laughs> be prepared to make a change around the 60th minute. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I usually at least give it the first half, and then at least like yeah. you said to the 60th that week. See if it changes early in the second half. See how the rhythm goes. But if it's not, I would make the change between 60th and 70th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the other hand, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, any of those – I think Toko Ikambi starts. But I think any of the other three, two of those three play, the other one is on the bench and comes in around that time. For me, right. the, me the sub would be Trigueros, but I could see arguments for – for it yeah. being the other way around. I think it makes it an easier decision considering Santi's age. Like you don't want to run yeah. 90 minutes every single game. So it just make even if he's playing at a high level, it just makes sense to throw Trigueros in there sometimes and see if it can work. See if he can stick to the game plan. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're, we probably should wrap up here. Anybody got any last thoughts? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been a great conversation. Do I have any last thoughts about the, about the team and anything, uh, any particular players or anything? Um, I think oh, you I left guess, one, I guess. one subject. Oh, sorry, Julian. All I was going to say is with you and your and Alan's prediction of only being in the mid fifties, I think the right. next podcast, maybe after the next couple of matches, has yeah. to be about what do we do if there's a second season of not qualifying for Europe. Yeah. Because Alan and I have started getting into that. I think that will have a very significant impact on the club and, and the sure. summer transfer with sure. them. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Javi, didn't Javi say that if Kaleja doesn't get, uh, in the Europe in the next two years, he will get, uh, sacked. That's what he said earlier this season. Like the, the goal is to get in Europe in the next two years. And he, if he doesn't get that, he's done. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it is an interesting, an interesting topic. Um, because, <laughs> you know, we've, we've seen, um, it obviously makes it much, Practice place for players to come if we're playing in Europe, and yeah. you know, yeah. So that's a good point. I think that's something that I don't want to put more pressure on the team with these next few matches, but uh, they will be very important, I think, in a lot of ways. And and that's um, and that's really, really, um, I think, uh, going to be a key because yeah, if we end up with 57, 58 points. I'm not sure that qualifies us for Europe. It probably doesn't. Um, although this is this is a year where it's where the the points are much more evenly distributed than there have been some years. So it, it still could, but I think you really need 60 or 61 or to, to feel like you're like you're going to make Europa League. Yeah, I, I definitely think that anything below the 60 mark won't. Won't, most likely won't get you in there just because of how competitive it's being right now. Um, but for me, I think just wrapping it up, I think for me, like the next three games are going to be really important. Like we discussed with Julian and Robin, just to see how consistent the team can be into the second point of the, of the year. And that would give us more hope if we can take the next three games. And like I said, I would be, if we take seven from the next three, I would say we're on the route to Europe. Um, and that definitely gives me hope for the future games in the future in the season. But if, if we do something and take just three or, even four, I would probably say four is, is keeping its status quo with this team, and that's when I don't see us getting to that 60-something mark, even though I am hopeful for it. Yep. Okay. Sid, any last thoughts? Anybody else? No, I think I'm done. Sid, do you have any um, thoughts? Alan knows we could go on for hours, but perhaps yeah, we can <laughs> mark the end. Yeah, but we won't. Fair enough, fair enough. At least, at least this has been a little less of a train wreck than the old podcasts that we did. We've actually actually kept it to a top to a topic. <laughs> <laughs> but where are you going to post this, Alan? That's in spite of you and not because of you, maybe, Alan. Oh, there you. Oh, oh yes, that's that's good. Um, I will I will probably post this. Uh, I would guess tomorrow morning, so Sunday. Um, because we have the, the Oroela match today, so, um, which, you know, okay, okay. so I'll probably do that. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right. So I think that's all right, gonna, guys. Okay. All right. So great guys. Um, thank you. It's been a pleasure, guys. Yes. And the whole host of people, thank you very much for listening. 
You know, so. we'll try to reconvene uh, after the next uh, next couple of weeks or something. Take- yeah, sure. sounds good. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Take, take care, everybody.